0: Hey, it's GPOP. got a short one for you today, but before I do that, uh, I just want to make sure that my listeners all know, you know what, I'm a, I come from the user group community and I really support user groups. If you organize a group or are close to the organizers of a group and you're looking for someone to give a short talk, to get us all talking and relating over the evening, give me a holler. I'm out here, you know how to reach me, and all it costs you is a promise to eventually buy me a drink. And that's really all there is to it. I really like thinking and talking about this stuff, and I really like that user groups form such excellent communities. So let me know. Okay, so I I saw a a good kind of mean-spirited joke about microservices. I'm not going to repeat it here. but. Uh, I, I wanted to give you a little bit of advice about, uh, about some of this. The, the first piece of advice that I would give a monolith owner about converting to microservices would be to work very, very hard to factor their monolith well. Now, interestingly, across dozens of cases, I, I've never actually seen that advice taken. There's always some well-dressed person with excellent PowerPoint who is happy to give a compelling case for a technical solution to a problem that isn't technical. If you can't factor the monolith, you won't be able to factor your microservices. All of the same forces will be in play, all of them, with the difference that in a monolith, excellent factoring is extremely important, but in microservices, excellent factoring is mandatory. The lurking idea here, overemphasis on the made, underemphasis on the making and the makers. The technology cell is based on the idea that the chief difference between before microservices and after microservices is the artifacts, the made. But every artifact that's made depends on having makers doing the making. If they're weak, the artifact is weak. If they're strong, the artifact is strong. What you might have now is a weak monolith. Now, that's weak in in your terms. You're the one wanting it to change, right? It got there because the making of it was also weak. If you don't change the making, and correspondingly, the lives of the makers, you won't change the made. The proposed benefits, scalability, measurement, AB alternation, robustness, and above all, parallel changeability, All of these derive from changes in the making, caused by changes in the minds of the makers. All of them, with the possible exception of scalability by spin-up, are perfectly available in a monolithic architecture as well. In order to get them, you have to have makers making them that way, which is exactly true of microservice architectures. All of them, with the possible exception of scalability by spin-up, are perfectly available in a monolithic architecture as well. In order to get them, you have to have makers making them that way, which is exactly true of microservice architectures. So my response to orgs that are contemplating the microservice jump is pretty straightforward. Most of them haven't even begun to press on the limits of what a monolith can do. All they've done is press on the limits of what command-and-control rule-based programming teams can do, and hence my advice. Before you leap to microservices or serverless or clouds, get your making strong enough to maximize what can be done in simpler architectures. When you hit the real limits of the monolith, your making and your makers will be strong enough to make the change. I'm G-Paw. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, the change harvesting camarada, an informal gathering of change harvesters, is open. Come to slash camarada and check it out. Join today. The first fifty yearly members get a personal consultation with me, Jpop. Thanks.